0: Welcome to the Habits and Hustle
1: Podcast. A podcast that uncovers the rituals, unspoken habits, and mindsets of extraordinary people. A podcast powered by Habit Nest. Now here's your
2: host, Jennifer Cohen. Alright, so on Habits and Hustle, we have Max Lugavere, who, by the way, I am a big fan of because I think you're so smart and I loved your first book. So he wrote Genius Foods. Which was a New York Times bestseller, and now was new book that is coming out. I guess since we're going to be doing up now, let's say right now, <laughs> right now, Genius Life um, is a guest as our guest today. So welcome.
0: Thanks for having me. This is cool. This is the first interview I've ever given while on a treadmill. So already I'm having a good time.
2: Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. First of all, you should be a big fan because in your first, was it your first book? You talked about how it's a, when people are moving and and talking they end up remembering things better and it's great for your cognitive functioning, but you can talk about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it activates, your exercise activates your prefrontal cortex, which is basically the hub of self-awareness, of executive function. And executive function is this broad sort of cognitive domain, but it includes being able to uh, take in, you know, stimuli, manipulate ideas, respond, um, and also maybe even like remember things better. There was a study where they, I think it was done in China where they were teaching students English and they put them on like these bicycles, these aerobic bicycles while they were learning. And they found that the people who were on bicycles while they received their English lesson were able to retain a lot more, like a significant uh, amount, you know, significantly more than the controls that were just like seated in desks. Right. That makes sense because when you're moving, I'm getting like, you know, fresh blood up to my brain, carrying like nutrients and fuel and oxygen and things like that. So it stands to reason that the brain would work better when we're actually moving than it does when we're just sedentary. And what we know now is that being sedentary for an extended period of time drains blood from the brain. So this is cool. I'm like-
2: I'm glad that you like. it. This might be
0: my best interview yet because I'm actually like active while I'm giving it.
2: I love that. Exactly, you kill two birds with one stone because you're gonna burn a lot of calories and you're doing something good for your body as you are also Doing something for your mind, right? Exactly. And it's interesting because I think you said in your book that weren't you doing like kettlebell swings in between? I remember <laughs> yeah. that. Like it was like you and the doctor guy that you were writing the book with. Yeah. You would do kettlebell swings and then he would do it and you guys would like change off. We were I taking remember
0: turns, that. yeah. We're like well, as we were writing the chapters, we would like take turns doing like kettlebell swings. And that was my first time ever really doing kettlebell stuff. Like I'm not a CrossFitter. He was. Dr. Paul Greywall, who's my co-author in, in Genius Foods. He was a big CrossFitter and so he was teaching me how to do all these like hip hinges and swings and things like that. So, yeah, it was cool. It definitely... I mean, I think the fact that I was so active while writing the book is one of the reasons why the book is as good as I think it is. It's so good. Thank you. and
2: i don't say that say most people come on the show in fact most of the time i don't say anything but <laughs> you, that the first book it, it had such you had such amazing pieces like nuggets of information that weren't stale like a lot of times people come up with a health book and whatever and i was like yeah yeah yeah. i've seen that i've heard that like repackaged a zillion times but you talked so much about like brain health and other things that i just i actually genuinely really liked it and so i was actually kind of like a fan of yours like I'm not you know what I mean as much as I can be like I follow you I I listen to what you say so awesome and you're like and you're smart like you really are like you know people will tell in the next little while like things just spew out of your brain and I'm like how does he says it like so like nonchalantly <laughs> like Luton
0: or whatever you're gonna start yeah. talking about pretty soon I think it's because I'm a you know I mean I definitely have very nerdy tendencies like that's you know I may wear the suave exterior of a you know you of an, so? an angelino <laughs> I mean I don't I don't actually think so but no but I mean, deep down I'm a nerd and I'm, I'm particularly nerdy about this very narrow uh, range of topics and health and nutrition and exercise is one of those one of those topics if you ask me about politics I don't know anything about politics if you ask me about I mean sports or world history like I go deep on just a handful of topics. And then, you know, we were talking before we got rolling, our mutual friend, mine, Pump Sal.
2: Yeah, I love him. Yeah, yes. shout
0: out to Sal. He's got like such a breadth of knowledge. Yeah. And I feel like he goes deep on a on a broad number of topics. For me, I'm really only interested in like a handful of things. What are <laughs> like, the
2: things that you're interested in, brain it. health? I know, brain health.
0: Super interested in brain health, dementia, risk mitigation, um, nutrition, you know, body composition, metabolic health. I'm just interested in, in health like and it it comes from a place that is i think simultaneously altruistic like i want to i want to help people reach their healthier selves because at this point i'm very aware of the statistics in this country of the fact that you know so many people are struggling with problems related to weight age-related chronic disease things like that but it also kind of has a there's a narcissistic angle as well where i just don't want to succumb to the ravages of aging. I've seen what aging does, especially when it's accelerated, um, you know, which I think is what, what, what I got to witness in my mom. My mom was very sick from a young age. And so I don't want that to ever happen to myself. So, so where, you know, it's just that I'm, yeah, become so interested and so, and so fixated on these topics because they're relevant to me in my life and how I feel and how I look and how I perform. And, you know, I just I don't think there's anything more important, actually.
2: Right. I mean, I remember when I was uh, when I first got introduced to you, which, of course, you don't remember, but I do two years ago or so for your first book. Um, it was really about uh, you. You were really dealing with Alzheimer's and brain because of your mom. And I'm, I'm sorry I heard I heard that she passed so I, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, and when did she even get Alzheimer's? How old was she? She was very young, you said.
0: Yeah, my mom was 58 when she was first diagnosed. So um, young. Yeah, super young. She beautiful, spirited woman. And um, she started to show these very strange symptoms. And honestly, at first, because there was no precedent for what she had in my family, we had no, no family history of any kind of neurodegenerative disease, me and my brothers would actually like kind of poke fun at my mom. You know right. for what she was experiencing because we just couldn't believe that there could be something other than you know we just thought we thought she was acting essentially like right. my mom you know my mom was a quirky you know personality a big personality we thought that she was just kind of maybe attention seeking with mm-hmm. it all like we were we were so callous and it's something that i that i regret but you know I, I don't blame me or my brothers because again there was no precedent we were just so completely ignorant and it took going to the cleveland clinic in cleveland Ohio in uh, cleveland ohio I, I went with my mom and it was there for the first time that she was diagnosed with a neurodegenerative condition and at that point it wasn't clear what it was that she had but she was prescribed drugs for both alzheimer's disease and parkinson's disease mm-hmm. and so that began this seven-year journey and uh you know it was just Horrible watching her decline and some days were better than others of course, but she was very handicapped by the end of it It really took the life out of her um, Even before she passed away and it was just it was awful and I love my mom more than more than anything. And so, you know, my hope is that Somehow with my work what I've been able to do is going to help inspire other people to take steps that are going to minimize their risk Prevent dementia altogether, maybe minimize their risk. Maybe whatever language you choose to use. I think You know, we're at an interesting point now where we don't have to sit idly on our hands as we await whatever's in Mm -hmm. our genetic hand of cards. And you know, if anything, what my mom had proved to me that genes are not everything. Because again, there was no, we had no precedent in the family tree. My mom's mom actually, my maternal grandmother lived to 96. Oh my. And was cognitively sharp until the end. I mean, she had a few of the foibles that I think we associate with just aging more, more generally, but she was cognitively, she was sharp. And it was this weird thing where she was living in my mom's house because physically she had become decrepit but she was cognitively she was sharper than my mom who was succumbing to dementia. Right. It was super strange because we all think of dementia as being an old person's disease
2: right that's exactly it
0: It was it was just so yeah it was awful. Um,
2: I figured that was kind of like because I know because you, how did you kind of get on this path? Because weren't you doing a documentary for, you had a documentary, but I don't know what it was about. What was the
0: documentary yeah. about? So I was pre-med in college, but then I ended up halfway through college realizing a love of storytelling and creativity. And then I, I ended up uh, switching out of the pre-med track to double major in film and psychology. And with, oh. when, when I chose to major in film, it was really documentary filmmaking that I, that was my focus, to tell real stories. Right. Um, and to like be able to investigate whatever it was. I mean, in, back in college, I didn't, you know, I was into a number of different things, but. What college did you go to? University of Miami.
2: Okay, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, I would never take you for that. I don't know, I thought you'd be like more of a.
0: Like Northeast? I, I was just,
2: yeah, like, well, I thought NYU, <laughs> Columbia. NYU. Or,
0: no, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have gotten into those Dartmouth, schools. Yeah, Duke. I would not, no, I wouldn't have, because you know what, my grades were not great in high school. I. As I mentioned, when I'm into something, I go deep. So deep, yeah. Yeah. But if I'm not into something, my brain is like a light switch. It's either like fully immersed and fixated and obsessed or not interested at all. Yeah. And so it was always very difficult for me to kind of fit my brain into the constraints of like the one-size-fits-all education system. So my grades suffered, even though, I mean, teachers always really liked me because I was always very curious. Uh, I was just not, I was not a good student. So I... You know, I probably wouldn't have gotten into those schools. I ended up getting into University of Miami, and um, and I went there, and uh, I you know graduated with a double major in film and psychology. And I went after I graduated from college. I got a, an amazing job working for Al Gore, and I he hired me to become the face right. of his TV network, which was called Current TV. Right. It was like a news and information network for young people. So from How did day I forget one.
2: That? That's like a- Big one. It was a big one. It wasn't yeah. some like small little. Yes, current TV. That current was what TV. it was,
0: right? Yeah. So I mean, from day one, my career has been about informing mm-hmm. people, like informing big, big audiences. And you know, the network reached 100 million homes. It was like not something that, like, the ratings weren't very high. But nonetheless, every single day, I had to show up. I was on camera, and I was talking about issues that were both small and big. And and I, you know, I learned how to communicate delicate topics and how important language is. Um, and so I did that and then you know, six years of doing that I, I decided to leave and around that time is when my mom got sick and I didn't have a platform because I was no longer at the TV network mm-hmm. and so what I decided to do was to create a documentary, a movie, where I could basically go around the world interviewing researchers who were really ushering in this idea of dementia as a potentially, potentially preventable condition. And, um, and I started reaching out to scientists and uh, visiting their labs. And we did this amazing Kickstarter campaign and you know, got the film funded initially. And, uh, and that was really kind of like the beginning of what would ultimately turn into what it's turned into. Yeah. You know, like The documentary was the first project. And, um, and I saw that there was a need for this kind of information. So the documentary, I'm actually still working on the documentary. But ironically, doing a a documentary is a lot more difficult than even writing a book. Because you you can write a book in isolation. You can write Mm -hmm. a book like sitting at your desk by yourself. A documentary requires a lot of money and a lot of moving pieces and a lot of personnel. And we're actually, we're still in the fundraising process for the the movie, so. Really? Yeah.
2: You know, it's funny that you just said that because I was at a thing last night, an event, and I met this guy who was, he just did the Hillary Clinton documentary Hmm. and it was at Sundance and with, with, I mean they they, made, they got a lot of money for it but even with something of that caliber having her name having everything the moving pieces it took forever yeah. he said and this is from a lot of people who like some people who are Oscar winning uh, documentary and say the same thing it's like no, it's the hardest part it's the hardest piece of like any kind of like movie film type of like entertainment business is yeah. documentaries
0: well because the problem is most documentaries don't make any money yeah they make no so money so there's no reason for investors really to ever want to get involved. I mean, I've had countless meetings with investors or donors and I'm like, you know, I mean, what I, what I offer is like, you can be a part of this film, which, you know, is the first of its kind. It's a documentary about dementia prevention. It has the potential to do a lot of good for a lot of people. It's not, you know, being, it's not doom and gloom. It's not, you know, being told or being, being directed by some stodgy old, you know, filmmaker. Um, it's got this cool kind of like vice-like vibe to it, you know, and, but still it's like, it's not a, this is show business after all, right? It's like, it's not show fun, it's show business. And so, but you can show that
2: what you can try to sell that. Like you have enough, it sounds like to go to Netflix, uh, Apple,
0: wherever. We've had meetings and the meetings with those companies, they're all very positive, but, uh, nobody has yet like pulled the trigger and brought in the film. So going the private route, you know, or just, you know, I don't know. I I I might do an event at some point, um, and use a portion of the proceeds to help fund the documentary. I might do another Kickstarter campaign. I don't yet know. But um, how much do you need? We probably need another hundred thousand dollars to do it, which seems like a lot of money for your for your average person. But right. in terms of movie making, That's it's actually a very more. small small amount of money.
2: Would you ever think of like funding it yourself? And or
0: I could. I mean, like. You know, it's still a lot of money. To, and I it's, know, it's
2: a lot of money just to put up on your own. And, but. and it's
0: also not a good, um, it's not a good habit to get into because I think if you're not able to convince, I don't know. I mean, I think funding a, a film yourself, it's always tricky. It's always tricky to invest in your own projects, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. But especially with a creative project, what I've heard from other people who've done documentaries is that you, don't, you generally don't want to put your own money up because being able to convince somebody to invest in the project is a litmus test as to the validity mm. of the of the work of the creative project. um you know merit of the project and so i don't know i mean i'm not i'm not taking anything off the table i do want to get it done we do have a rough cut so everything that we've raised so far we have been able to achieve a rough cut of the documentary and it really is an homage to both the science and my mother who of course mm-hmm. passed away and so you know it's it's everything to me to get the film out and i just you know we haven't yet figured it out but it's still in production and we're still and you're still to, working
2: on it yeah still wow working on it, yeah. so from the first but we'll get to the second book but um for like what's some what are some like good takeaways you think the most important takeaways would be from the first book about having that people can implement for 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 brain health so they don't have mm-hmm. that, they, that that can help them or assist them in 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 brain health, basically. Yeah.
0: I mean, the first book really was all about the foods that are going to give your brain the nutrients that it requires to basically protect itself as it ages Mm -hmm. and also to help it create healthy new brain cells, stay plastic, you know, this property uh, known as neuroplasticity, I think is something that I talk a lot about in the first book. You do. The first book is also, um, it really, it's a nutritional care manual to the brain and it goes deep into dementia prevention. It goes deep I mean, it really is like, Kind of a love letter to the science of dementia yeah. prevention um, so, and also nu- nutritional psychiatry which is this sort of growing field looking at how food affects mood and things like that um, you were so saying
2: yeah you're talking about like how people who are on antidepressants it can be a diet if they if they tweaked or change their diet it can really change their their brain chemistry or yeah. their neuroplasticity
0: yeah i mean we 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 know at this point that certain micronutrients are involved in optimal brain function Um, And that when you're deficient in certain micronutrients that your brain function suffers, your mood can suffer. Vitamin B12 is just one example. But uh, vitamin D we know is involved in the synthesis of uh, serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter involved in mood. And think of how many people are on selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, right, right, to boost serotonin basically at at the synapse. You look at the population statistics and a huge number of people, I think it's like it's anywhere between 50, 50% and 75% of people are uh, deficient in vitamin D.
2: Right. Even people who live in LA or Calif- in California, they yeah. think that it's sunny, that they're getting enough. Exactly,
0: Right. yeah. Um, I talk a lot about vitamin D actually in the new book. In the new book and too, new book. I know, I was yeah. gonna say. Um, it's super important, I mean, it acts like a hormone in the body. And How so, much do you
2: take a day, 5,000?
0: I mean, I take 5,000. 5, yeah. I take 5,000 international units a day. Sometimes I don't, if I'm spending time in the sun, you know, I won't take it because um, the thing about su- supplementation is that it is possible to take too much. Right. You know, and when you're getting vitamin D from the sun, I mean, the sun performs all these other important functions. It anchors your body's circadian rhythm. Um, Which is
2: a big, big part of your your Big part your of the new, new book. book yeah. yeah,
0: it's like the UVA rays from the sun create nitric oxide, so you know, really good for boosting blood flow, um, facilitating healthy blood pressure. Uh, but um, but yeah, so like you get, when you get vitamin, when you get the UVB rays from the sun on your skin, your skin creates as much vitamin D mm-hmm. as you need, and then it degrades the rest. So it's not like, you don't really have the risk of oversupplementing. I was gonna in,
2: say, what happens if someone takes too much vitamin D? Is there any type of side effects that are?
0: Well, it just boosts calcium absorption in the gut, and you can develop what's called hypercalcemia, which is like just too much calcium in the blood, mm. um, which, uh, yeah, I was actually interviewing um, this medical doctor, this cardiologist, uh, Thomas Levy, and he was saying that uh, you know excess calcium actually acts like a prooxidant. You know, you want to keep it within this very narrow. Right. Range And there's actually also studies that show that women who supplement with calcium have an increased risk for heart disease. So,
2: so that's dangerous sense for people, too people much calcium. To, yeah.
0: yeah. You don't want too much calcium. No, but
2: people take too much vitamin D that can be, yeah, yeah. You don't
0: want too much vitamin D. So the range that, that there's no universally accepted optimal range for vitamin D. Um, but the, the most recent studies that I've looked at, um, seem to suggest that the lowest, uh, risk of all cause mortality occurs at a range a vitamin d range of between 40 and 60 nanograms per milliliter so you can easily get that test um in your doctor's office a very cheap test I, i believe insurance covers it and yeah you should be anywhere between 40 and 60 nanograms so in the middle of that would actually probably be ideal from a brain health standpoint so about 50.
2: I was going to ask you because I heard that you need, and this could be just, not, it could be wrong, that you need K2, vitamin K2, yeah. with vitamin D for it to absorb. Is that correct or not? Not
0: for it to absorb, but K2, what it does is it basically guides calcium deposition in the body. Oh, okay. So calcium, right? right. So we want, calcium's important. Right. We need it, we need it in our bones and our teeth, but it can also deposit itself in our soft tissue, in our arteries, and our skin. Um, so vitamin K2, what vitamin K2 is supposed to do is it basically keeps calcium where we want it and it keeps it out of places that we don't want it. So oh, okay. the more, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're in optimal vitamin D status, you probably want to make sure that you're getting uh, vitamin K2 as well. And we know that K2 is, in, is found naturally in other very healthy foods. Right. So like grass-fed butter, this Japanese dish called natto. It's in the, you can find that in grass-fed beef. Um, we actually make it, make vitamin K2, like the bacteria right. in our guts make it to some degree. Um, so yeah, there was a really great book on vitamin K2 that I read. Um, I was just enthralled by it. You, you, <laughs> you,
2: you read a whole book on vitamin, on vitamin K2, K2. Oh, wow. yeah. it's shocking, yeah. why am I not surprised? Yeah. Okay.
0: It's by a, uh, a woman named Kate room blue. I don't know how to pronounce her. Like she's got two last names, but it's called the calcium paradox.
2: Okay. And, and, she, and it, she writes
0: all about this. The whole book is about vitamin K2. <laughs> and you read <laughs> the whole And book you read day. the whole book. And you <laughs> retained it. Yeah. I mean, not, God I mean, bless re- you, Max. Yeah. I don't think, I, I mean, not all of it, but like a lot of it. Yeah. I was just like very interested. Um, it's a cool, it's a cool book.
2: So how did like, okay. So what do you take like in your day-to-day life? Cause I mean, now you've, you have so much knowledge and you retain all the knowledge. A lot of, like I read a lot and then like 99% of it just like dissipates. I have no idea what I even like read yeah. or like remember. So. Of all this stuff, how, what do you? Aren't you confused? Like, what do you do every day?
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, for me, it's weird. Like, it's it's easy for me to remember this stuff because I'm just I'm I'm interested in it. But so there I, there are but- other, there are other things that I read that I I'm like you described the way that I'll, you know, the way I retain information about like. Lucine, couture, whatever. I, mean,
2: I just remember you always saying that word Luce, lutein, lutein, lutein. Okay, what lutein. is lutein but what is it like
0: it's a carotenoid so it's like uh
2: oh yeah carotenoid yes
0: yeah it's um it's a plant pigment okay but you also find it in egg yolks you find it in uh the fat of grass-fed beef um really good for eye health really good for brain health okay
2: right that's right
0: um, yeah okay. I'm just like about about this health stuff I, I retain it but I'm not like that with any other thing. With music, I'm kind of like that, you know. Okay. With media, with movies, I'm a bit of a cinephile. But um,
2: with healthy. Just like you, just if it, it just naturally spews off your tongue. That's it. So yeah. then, what? Okay. So vitamin D. So what? What do you do? I mean, you. I know it, you talk about your morning routine. What people should be doing in the morning when they wake up?
0: Yeah. What do you? My morning routine. I wake up. I. You know, in a best best case scenario, I wake up, I do some stretching, I go outside on my terrace. What time do you wake up? Um, it depends. I can be a night owl. Um, so if I go to bed late, I have no problem waking up at nine, you know, which is
2: like- <gasps> I'm just going. I mean,
0: you know, I know some people that are like, you know, they w- if, I, if they wake up any later than 6 p.m., they're like, the whole day is gone. I prefer waking up early, but I don't always wake up early.
2: Yeah,
0: okay. Um, so if I wake up at like- well, What time do you go to bed? I can go to bed. I mean, I can go to bed at midnight. I can go to bed at one. Um, generally, that's a, midnight is like these days. 11 p.m. to midnight is generally these days when I'm okay. going to bed. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. But that's like okay, similar to me. Yeah. Although I see you at a lot of things, but I don't. I was I, many times. It's going to like I saw you at the Goop event. Uh, like yeah, a couple, I was there briefly. Yeah. yeah. And then I see you at Arrow, like Arrow one All a like Aero One along. Yeah, like I've been mean, from a distance. I'm like, Oh my god, there he is again. Like if I'm there, I know I'm going to see you.
0: Pretty much. It's pretty much. like do you
2: have stock in that place? I or, wish. They're I I know. Up,
0: yeah, frick. It's I crazy.
2: Mean. You do you buy everything, like even your toilet paper there? Because you're there. No, Always. well, that's,
0: that's the big secret, is that buying groceries at Erewhon is like a total rookie move. I Nobody know. buys groceries. Nobody buys, I mean, if you're smart, you wouldn't. I mean, smart, if, you you're, if you're balling out of control, maybe yeah. you buy groceries at Erewhon. Mm-hmm. But for my groceries, generally, I'll go to Whole Foods. Even, like, Erewhon makes Whole Foods look like a bargain bin. Oh. Yeah.
2: It, it, it's, it's a joke. I mean, yeah. Whole Foods looks like Albertsons compared to... A thousand percent. Oh, it's, so,
0: yeah, I, lo- I love the produce at Whole Foods. Um, and then I'll also, like, for some stuff, I'll go to Trader Joe's. But uh, generally, it's like Whole Foods at this point is where I do most of my shopping.
2: See, I can't. You'd buy toilet paper at Whole Foods. That's also like a rookie do I move. Buy a toilet you should paper go to Costco or or yeah. like
0: Target or you That's know. That's generally yeah. That's where I buy that kind of stuff. Or like yeah. When you're not at Era One. Trader Joe's. Yeah, I wouldn't buy. Yeah, I wouldn't buy paper towels or toilet paper at um, at Whole Foods. Yeah, I'll use like a Costco. Actually, I do. Have a, my brother works for a company called Boxed. So oh, Box is sort of like an online, yeah, online Costco sort of thing. And so yeah, if you really want to know where I get my toilet paper from, yeah. I get it from Boxed, and but I also know. get my yeah, I get my, my paper towels from there too.
2: And then you basically have like a like a tent set up. Era one in the back. You're just gonna kind of come out sometimes. And air like, mattress, yeah. Okay, air mattress. Okay, and you're, it's it's without fail. Like in the one, and I've never I have I don't go to the one down there. It's like on like on um, in West Hollywood, right? Very, very often. Yeah. But the four or five times I've been there, I kid you not. I'm there. You were there.
0: Yeah. Well, I go there because, well, I go there for two reasons. I go there for- For the hot
2: girls. I know why. Come on.
0: Okay. Three reasons. Yeah. So (laughs) I go there for one, because the hot foods bar is they really, there's not a lot of, you know, you won't find a lot of like canola oil or grapeseed oil or any of that crap that you'll see at the Whole Foods hot bar. Right. Um, So the Whole Foods hot bar, I generally will not eat because it's all canola oil, like it's really not, you know, not, right. the, not the best quality stuff. At Erwan, and, you know, I hate to give them such a big shout-out, but, like, you know, the meat, the beef will be grass-fed, the chicken right. will be organic, you won't find any canola oil. They have some unhealthy stuff, too, of course, but uh, generally, like, it's it tastes really good, and it's good for you. I feel great. It's portion-controlled. Right, it's If you leave control. me alone at the freaking Whole Foods bar, you know, like, I have no sense of... Like I'll just like load it up, mm-hmm. and I'll end up walking out with three pounds of food. At Erewhon, they like warn you if it's over a pound because they know that you're going to be paying fifty dollars for it. So
2: oh, easily like I've I, yeah. I've never seen a grocery store that expensive probably in my entire life. Yes, never will. It's
0: ridiculous. It's, so they
2: were they were selling like uh, you know pomegranates that are um, peeled. Seeded?
0: Yeah, it
2: was in a like a little bowl. It was thirty dollars. I thought, like, I thought I was seeing things. I even asked the guy, "I'm like, is this properly? Is this not?"
0: It's ridiculous. I won't. I don't buy groceries there. I just buy the hot foods bar, and for that, I think it's a value. It's like, honestly, seventeen, eighteen dollars. You know, which is a lot for some people for a meal, but for me, it's like I don't have to think about it, um, and it tastes good. And so the second reason why I love uh, it because there's like a sense of community there. L. A. can feel. Mm kind of isolating sometimes, and I go there and I bump into people I know. Like, if I saw you, I would say, hey, what's up, Jen, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, so that's cool.
2: I just peer. I see you from a distance. I'm like, Ah, oh, he doesn't know who I am. I'm not going to bother him. And then the
0: third to. thing is that there's a lot of attractive people that shop there, and I'm a single guy, and you know.
2: I've seen you actually with different girls. When really? I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I could maybe just friends or whatever. But like, that's probably the reason why I don't even bother you. Like, I think, Ah, oh, he's on a date. I don't want to bother him.
0: Not on a date, yeah. but. I mean, or like whatever,
2: you know. Yeah, I mean, you you're do. in the middle of talking to somebody. I'm not going to be like, Hey, remember me from two years ago? Yeah. So I just leave you alone. If
0: anything, it's only going to like boost my stock. Oh yeah. You know? That's right. So. It's true,
2: Cal. Remember. That next time I see mm-hmm. you, it'll probably happen soon. So you don't cook then? You're not a, you're not a. No, I do cook. I love okay. to
0: cook, but I don't like to cook by myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I just feel like lonely when I cook by myself and I eat it by myself. It's just not as not as fun. So I'd rather uh, I cook with my brothers sometimes. So my brothers now live in L. A. Oh, they dad. do. Yeah, they everybody moved. So my whole the what remains of my family is now in L. A. so oh. we cook sometimes, and. Uh, and so that's really great. Um, but when I'm by myself, no, I usually like, I'll go out and I'll go to Erewhon, I'll go to wherever, you know, Belcampo, I love Belcampo.
2: Oh, I got that type. yes, very Meat,
0: good. High quality meats. Very high
2: quality meats. So, yeah. okay, let's get back to your morning routine. So you wake up, maybe nine, maybe not. And what happens?
0: I go like, I mean, usually I'll drink some water. I go over to my reverse osmosis water purifier and I drink some water with some trace minerals in it. Hydrate. Trace minerals, like where, like, I just buy the them on Amazon, no no affiliation with any company. It comes in a little bottle because the reverse osmosis uh, water purifier mm-hmm. removes everything. It removes heavy metals, right. but it also re- removes the minerals that, you know, we know that are good for us right. in water. So I'll then replace them um, with uh, with, uh, you know, with these like uh, trace yeah. minerals. And then um, then sometimes I'll drink some coffee. I'm kind of like, you know. I have a love-hate relationship with coffee mostly i love it but sometimes i find myself drinking too much but right now i'm like back on the coffee thing so i'll drink some coffee a
2: specific kind or does it have to be organic i use my
0: french press i try to buy organic sometimes i will blend it uh if i'm not planning on eating anytime soon like if i wake up really early if i wake up at Mm 6am and i drink coffee i'll blend it sometimes with maybe a little bit of MCT oil, maybe a little that. bit of grass-fed butter. Yeah, I can't, I'm not going to say it's a health food, uh, you know, but I, maybe it is, I don't know. It definitely tastes really good, and it's satiating. It doesn't, like, I think it slows down the infusion rate of caffeine, like, into the mm. into the blood, and so I find that because coffee is a little acidic, mm-hmm. and that on an empty stomach, if I just drink plain black coffee, sometimes it can, like, you know, make my it doesn't it just doesn't necessarily feel that great, and I'm more prone to jitters, like feeling that like, right. kind of anxiety. Um, if I'm waking up on the later side and I know that I have a meal coming up, then I won't do the whole butter thing because it's just uh, you know you shouldn't drink your calories. Right. But, but if it's if it's like to get me five you know five hours to the next to the next meal, then you know then I'll do it. Um, and so do,
2: I, do you think? I'm sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but do you think that the the that that in the like the fat in the coffee actually does something for your brain that it's good for your brain or no, is it just a satiation so. thing? because for yeah. so long remember that was no. like a big thing right yeah and i never understood that it just seemed like a silly thing no for definitely people to not do.
0: there's no there's no scientific evidence right. on it some people depending on genes actually it, it can um cause an aberration of your lipids like you you know there's been case reports of people you know adopting this buttery coffee phenomena and they go and they see like their LDL levels go through the roof. So um, it's not something that I recommend to people. You know, it's personally, I enjoy it. Um, And it doesn't do anything magical to the brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you don't need to consume butter for the brain or anything like that. MCT oil, MCT actually does provide ketones to the brain. So I think that there might be some kind of benefit there. Um, The research is a little bit like equivocal, um, but MCT oil, it gets converted by the liver to ketones, and ketones are a very powerful mm-hmm. brain fuel. They also um, act as like a signaling molecule in the brain, like they boost levels of BDNF, which is this miracle grow protein that promotes neuroplasticity. Um, I think coffee can be good for the for the brain. I mean, it certainly makes us feel good. There's polyphenols in it. Coffee consumption is related to seemingly better brain health. Yeah,
2: well, more mental. You're more. You're you're more like. Mental edge You've got a more mental edge, I feel. Yeah. But you could do too much, and then you're like, withdrawn. You don't want to do too much. Yeah. yeah, you don't
0: want to do too much. The only fats, really, that I, that I recommend that people adopt in their diets, we know that we need essential fatty acids. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, making sure they're getting preformed EPA and DHA fat. I'm definitely a fan of getting them from fish or animal-based sources as opposed to plant-based sources. Mm-hmm. Um, and then aside from that, monounsaturated fat seems to be super healthy so extra virgin olive oil avocado oil i'm not a big advocate of consuming uh, an excessive amount of saturated fat i just don't think that there's it it's not warranted from like an evidence standpoint right. and uh, and some people you know everybody's different so i like to kind of you know my message is my message really i try to cater it to what's going to do the most good for the most for the most people acknowledging that there's really no there is no such thing as a one size fits all diet right. you know?
2: and you do intermittent fasting then or
0: yeah, I try to go 16 hours a day where I'm not eating, you know. Right. Um With an eight-hour window. Yeah. That,
2: that's not terrible.
0: No. I, I mean, mean, sometimes, sometimes I'll, it'll be 14 hours. Sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be 12 hours. Um, I don't, like, obsess over it, but I try not to eat too late at night. Mm-hmm. And I try—I'm generally not eating as soon as I wake up. You know, like, I'll wait, you know, one to two to three hours uh, after I wake up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely think that we're meant to eat during the day. And if anything— having an earlier dinner is mm-hmm. going to be better for you than having a later right. uh, breakfast. You know, the meal that oh, breaks you yeah. fast. Um, but yeah, generally, I'm eating from 11 a.m., maybe noon, to about 8 p.m. And if I wake up at 6 a.m., yeah. I'll have, like, the coffee with a little bit of, like, butter in it just to, like, keep me satiated. And that holds you over. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, it's you know what it is? It's like it's a comfort thing. It's, it's like, grounding. It's... Uh, You know, it's something, it's like a nice ritual to have in the morning. You know, some people like to make their beds. I don't make my bed. bed. And And I don't drink it every day. And I also don't, you know, like there's nothing magic about it, but I just, I enjoy it some days.
2: More from our guest, but first a few words from our sponsor. So everybody loves payday, but loving a payroll provider. Yeah, that could be a little weird. Still small businesses across the country love running payroll with gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and management tools to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. You can sign, store, and organize employee documents all online, and you can choose from hundreds of benefit plans to fit nearly any budget. Plus, listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. So if you want a better payroll in 2020, now is the time to start. Try a demo and test it out at gusto.com hustle. That's gusto.com hustle for three months free when you run your first payroll. And now to our next sponsor. Did you know 24 million Americans, that's more than the population of Florida, want to work for themselves by the year 2021? But sadly, 35% of them cite inconsistent income as one of the biggest things holding them back. If money is a big deterrent, would getting paid twice as fast help you make that leap? Have you heard of FreshBooks? It's a cloud accounting software that basically does your invoicing for you. And on top of that, gets you paid twice as fast. And yes, it's really easy to use because it's made for entrepreneurs just like you. FreshBooks lets you create and send invoices automatically, accept credit cards and ACH payments right on invoices. It automates payments for reoccurring invoices and automates invoice payment reminders. So overall, FreshBooks helps you face big challenges like getting paid so you can focus on actually growing your business. And right now I'm giving my listeners a free 30 day trial of FreshBooks right now. No credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com habits and enter habits and hustle in the habits you hear about a section and you can start your free trial today. Okay, so then go on with your morning routine. So then you have your coffee or not and then and then what?
0: Uh, try to do some stretching um you know try to kind of like enjoy the 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 quietude of the morning i try to make sure that all my blinds are open so that i'm getting like nice morning light right uh you know that's super important um you know i I end up going to my computer taking care of the like the emails the follow-ups and things like that when um my brain is super clear in the morning so for me it's like really easy to reply to the emails that i know i need to reply to or answer interviews or Maybe record an intro to my podcast or something. I'm just feeling like sharp and at my best.
2: I love your podcast. Oh, thank you so you're, much. Yeah, you're welcome. You're very good. Nice. Uh, so I thought you'd go outside though for like for that for that daylight. Do you, is it better to go outside? Best case ha- if, scenario. If you yeah. Have, like, a... I try to.
0: I don't have an outdoor space where I currently live. Although right. that's about to change because I'm moving. Um, but I yeah like if I had an outdoor space, if I had a back, if I had like a patio, that would be my that would be my morning routine. I would like take my laptop and I would go sit outside, outside. and yeah just to be in in natural light, to get some sun, that's the best.
2: What do you think of uh, red light therapy?
0: Well, um, I was given a unit by Juve, Mm -hmm. you know, so I've been using it. So was I. And uh, yeah.
2: BioLite, BioLite. Here's the thing,
0: I don't yet have a fully fleshed out opinion of my own on -hmm. it. Um, I enjoy using it, I find that it causes uh, like you know i i I definitely feel like it it feels like laying in the sun and when i look in the mirror after using it i definitely feel like a little more vascular like i feel like there's it maybe is boosting nitric oxide you know Mm -hmm. um and and i also know a lot of smart people who really believe in the technology and i've listened to a few podcasts with some doctors talking about red light photobiomodulation and it seems like really cool and really promising i don't yet you know, I don't like to jump on bandwagons and I don't like to talk out of my ass. So, you know, I I, I think that it, it, you know, I mean, it, it feels like it's doing something, but I don't, right. I don't know, you
2: know. No, I got you. I, I'm kind of like you in the same way. I mean, I, what I was nervous about, if it re, if it replenishes your cells and turns over your cells, I was thinking that wouldn't that cause cancer, right? Because that's what cancer is. It's like re It's it's multiplying your cells really fast, right? Yeah. Um, so. so like, You know, my mom, who's a doctor, is like, don't you dare use that thing, and da 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 there's not enough research, and Hmm. but then, like, there is research that backs it and says it's not the same type. So I'm like, I'm like you, I'm confused on that one. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know, I mean, So I do
2: it, but not as much as I think I could
0: do it. Here's the thing, those those wavelengths of light are probably emitted by the sun, and maybe more so at certain times of day than others, and, you know, now we spend 93% of our time indoors, so, to me, it doesn't really take a huge uh, stretch of the imagination to to conceive that you know this light might be doing something to our biology. You know, whether it's purely a visual thing or whether or not it's actually activating, you know, mitochondria. There, I know that there is a good amount of research on it. Right. I'm just not super well versed in it, and you know, a lot of the research really has been done for super specific things, and also in animals, in animal studies, you know, like there have been studies where they've put this red light on the testicles of like rats, and they (laughs) see a boost in testosterone. So you see see a lot of guys in the biohacker space who are using these red light, and they're standing there with it on their their nuts, and you know, there is like a couple millimeter penetration, (laughs) you know, that the light is able to go through the skin, and you know, your testes are like in this thin skin, like it doesn't, you know, it it seems so. You're not pretty... doing that at home,
2: basically. Well,
0: I stand in front of it naked because <laughs> well, that's what you're supposed oh, to right, do. you're supposed
2: to stand in front. So, do I you the know. big one, the big panel. Yeah, yeah, I've got
0: the big one. Yeah, yeah,
2: me too. Okay,
0: but I don't freaking know. I'm just doing it because I got. I mean, it feels cool. I got it for free. It's you know, it's like ten minutes of like meditation while I'm doing it. I don't freaking know. do, but,
2: do you do ten minutes this way at front, and then ten minutes back, like twenty altogether?
0: Yeah. Okay. Although, yeah, I probably get bored about fifteen minutes in and right. just give up. But. Um, I'm just on
2: my phone when I'm doing it. Is that bad? I think it probably is. It is
0: FDA approved for certain things, though.
2: Yeah. You know.
0: For what, though? Well, I believe...
2: I thought anti-inflammatory. No, maybe it the anti-inflammatory.
0: Here's the thing. I mean, if it's FDA approved for something, that means that it's doing something. Doing something. You know? Right. So, I don't know. There's just not a ton of, I think, research, like, in people or high-quality research in people. But... Um, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Right. So well, I remain no. I remain open-minded. How often do you do and it? And they don't pay me anything. Either. No, they I know, me, I, yeah. I know,
2: nor does mine. I'm just, I, I like, listen, I'm not saying, I just don't know, you know, like, it's just like, not that I I cannot say something. Like I, I haven't, people say it helps with like fine lines and wrinkles. People say it helps with in- inflammatory. People say all sorts of things, Yeah. you know? And then there's research that says some things, but it's, I thought you being the like health, you know, genius yeah,
0: I don't, that you are. That's the thing. I, I, you know, I don't really talk about the things that I don't know about, which I think is why my followers like appreciate me. Cause it's like, I can talk about what I know about, but then I'm not like, you know, I don't just kind of like, you
2: don't just blab for the sake of blabbing. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of people that, and there's other people that people that I think, you know, there's other people out there that are, I think a little bit more liberal in terms of their adoption of these more innovative Stuff. health things. Um, but for me, I feel like most people are going to get, a lot more bang for their buck with sort of the low hanging fruit, you know? Right, right. For and me, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am I exercise a lot, I eat pretty healthy. So for me, you know, I'm the kind of person who would benefit from red light if it's doing anything, you know? Right. Uh, but if you're one of the, I don't know, I mean, people today are just, you know, 12% of people are in what researchers would call good metabolic health, you know? So there's like a lot of bigger fish that need to be fried. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, you know, from, a, from the standpoint of just like light and health and circadian rhythms, I mean, it, it would make sense that light would have some kind of, you know, value on ourselves.
2: So you just mentioned metabolic health. So what are some ways that we can, how do we know if we are in good metabolic health?
0: Um, I mean, labs really are, you know, like you, there are some subjective ways that you can get a sense if you're always hungry. You know, if you have a bulging midsection, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty good indicator that you're, that something needs to be, you know, looked at. at. Because having a bulging midsection, especially if you have that apple-shaped body where you're essentially skinny fat and Mm -hmm. you've got a lot of visceral fat, that's a good indicator that you're in poor metabolic health. In fact, that's what researchers use. That's one of the um, metrics that, that, you know, that that a clinician will use to assess your metabolic status you know like having a bulging midsection is a is a sign of the metabolic syndrome so um but other than that you can go get labs you can look at your hdl cholesterol ldl triglycerides your insulin levels your glucose levels your a1c which is a measure of your three month um fasting your three month average blood sugar um levels and so these are all kind of related you know and they're all they're all signs of how your body is Processing energy, metabolizing energy, um, responding to various hormonal inputs, and things like that.
2: Now, isn't the circ- isn't your circadian rhythm kind of directly linked to your metabolic health? Isn't it if you have a, if you're on if you're doing something if you're doing something your your routine daily where you wake up at the same time and when you go to bed similar at the same time and do things that helps with your
0: absolutely right. yeah yeah having a routine and sticking to it. Uh, making sure that you're eating in the daytime, you're not eating too late at night. Uh, you're eating your carbohydrates primarily in the daytime um, or in the post-workout setting because we happen to be more insulin sensitive in right. the day. So that's how, that's one way in which, you know, our circadian rhythms affect metabolism. We're better at metabolizing carbohydrates. Right. Um, and just en- energy in general uh, in the daytime.
2: But you talk about that lot in your book though, I feel like, that's like a, like a pattern about the, your circadian rhythm. Yeah. So what else is it about? Like, Give me some more information about well, it. Well,
0: making sure that you're getting good quality light in through your eyes uh, in the daytime. That oh, affects your metabolism because what, what a lot of people when they wake up, especially if they wake up due to an alarm clock, mm. like if they wake up unnaturally early, um, there's a good chance that their melatonin levels have not fully subsided, right? Like mm-hmm. melatonin is a sleep hormone um, and it actually makes us less insulin sensitive. Because it's it's you know winding us down for the night, it's getting us right. prepared for sleep. You know, sleep is not a time in which we're metabolizing a whole bunch of energy. So, right. It. Uh, so melatonin is a great hormone, but if it hasn't fully subsided in the morning, and then you go and you reach for the standard American breakfast, which is like orange juice and a bran muffin, you're going to be less insulin sensitive at that at right. that point in the morning. So, what light does in what light does is it it basically makes sure. It basically suppresses melatonin production, so it's a great way to just make sure that your body is primed for the day. Right. It's also a great way to activate your brain, your prefrontal cortex, boosts mood, um, and things like that. So.
2: Does it matter if it's cloudy outside? Like you're saying to you get sunlight, right? What happens yeah. if you're in a, in a place that's super cloudy, bad weather? Like I'm Canadian, we're you know. Good question.
0: Yeah. Terrible. It can be totally cloudy and overcast. Still, the light better? that you're getting, yeah, it's. It really has to be the, the measure of light intensity, it's lux, you need about a thousand lux of light to tell your brain that it's daytime. And so you can easily achieve that um, on an overcast day. Just go outside or stand by your window, or if you're driving to work, make sure that you've got your sunglasses off. Um, mm.
2: Sunglasses off.
0: Yeah, because you don't want to block the light yeah. like during no, that exactly. point. Well, I mean, if you've got a super tinted you know, car, yeah, like you're, you're not basically, um, seizing that opportunity to anchor your body's circadian rhythm which we know is you know it's involved in energy uh, metabolism focus attention it also affects the time during which we get sleepy at night so like you know bright light in the morning can uh it affects when melatonin starts starts to be secreted um, in the evening so bright light can actually bring can cause us to secrete melatonin earlier Um, which is, you know, it'll help you get to bed. Mm -hmm. Um, Earlier, it also uh, can help protect you against blue light induced melatonin suppression. So that's another thing that I talk about in the new book is that maintaining our circadian rhythm has become one of the the major challenges of modern life because we're just inundated with bright artificial light all Mm -hmm. the time. But by getting- (laughs) Like this, yeah. But by getting bright light during the day, like from the sun, you kind of are helping, um, you're basically protecting your, uh, your brain, you know, from, from getting like desynced due to artificial light, which is a great thing because we all, you know, are prone to binge watching our favorite shows on Netflix and using our devices. So it's a great, it's a great, great tip, I think.
2: And, and so how about exercise? Is that part of it? Like if if you exercise at the same time, does it matter? Or you're kind of like, it doesn't matter when you exercise,
0: what's your, yeah, there's your take. Well, it's funny because there's definitely circadian influence to when we're going to be at our most coordinated, when we're going to be at our strongest. But at the end of the day, um, the time at which you're able to get to the gym is that's the best time, you know, like exercise, just being able to exercise trumps, you know, mm-hmm, it's like, it's uh, splitting hairs to borrow a term from our friend Mind Pump Sal. Yeah. It's splitting hairs <laughs> to try to optimize the time um, of day, you know, that you work out. You could say that mid afternoon, you know, we're stronger, we're at our most coordinated, so it's going to reduce risk of injury, perhaps. Um, but, uh, but when do you work out? I like to work out in the mornings. I actually like to work out when I'm fasted because I feel that I have more energy. Because I'm not dealing with post-meal fatigue, right? You know, I find that like after I eat, it's not um, my energy levels are not always predictable. I mean, certainly I could eat a lower-carb diet, mm-hmm. which is gonna reduce, you know, any blood sugar excursions that are gonna like mess up my my energy levels. But um, but generally, I know that I'm pretty that my energy levels are very consistent when I'm fasted in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got this hormonal milieu that uh, you know wants food, so. It's gonna energize you, the same with your neurotransmitters, like your your neurotransmitters are oriented in a way to like make sure that you're primed to hunt for your, you know, to, or forage for food. Um, so I feel very energetic in the morning. I don't feel like weighed down. I'm not digesting anything. So the blood is like free to go to my muscles and like, yeah. But. If you don't like to work out in the morning, you don't have to work out in the morning. If you feel great working out in the afternoon, then work out in the afternoon.
2: So for you, I kept on interrupting you. So basically, then you have your breakfast, but you didn't tell me what you had for breakfast. Your breakfast, we don't know, and then what? your, yeah. and your exercise routine, we still haven't gotten to that.
0: Um, so breakfast, well, you know, I'll work out, fasted usually, and then I'll go immediately afterwards to break my fast, because, you know, when it comes to protein... Uh, You really don't need to worry about protein timing with the exception of the fasted workout. With a fasted workout, Mm -hmm. um, if you're working out first thing in the morning, you really wanna like make sure that very soon after that morning workout, you're going to get like high protein. If you had eaten a few hours earlier or just before, it's less of a concern, but if you're going into your workout fasted, like you've just had an overnight fast, then you really wanna make sure that you're getting, you know, a decent amount of protein afterwards. So usually how I'll break the fast is I'll get like a big plate of, half of it is gonna be some kind of meat, and the other half is gonna be some kind of vegetable. And- That's what I
2: saw in your book. So you're eating like actual meats in the middle, like chicken or beef in the the morning. Yeah, protein.
0: I love, yeah.
2: You don't care if it's like morning, night, it's like, that doesn't matter to you. Always, yeah.
0: Always I'm prioritizing protein. So chicken or grass-fed beef or fish or whatever. And then always some fibrous veggies. I happen to love like a big salad, you know, like kale salad or whatever. Um, and then depending on like the level of intensity of my workouts and where I am in my workout, I'll have, you know, some sweet potatoes or uh, generally. This is your first
2: meal? This is your first, first meal. meal? Yeah, first meal. Okay. So yeah. is your first meal your biggest meal or that's?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, don't, it's, I just eat until I'm satiated. That's it. Like I don't, okay. you know, I eat so that I don't have to snack, you know, to, yeah. to hold myself over until dinner. Like I like to like eat a big meal, feel satiated, not have to think about it. And then I know that around 6 p.m., 6.30 p.m., I'll be eating like another big dinner, you know?
2: Right. Because you don't eat the breakfast, right? Cause or right. you have this two meals. Yeah. yeah.
0: Generally two meals and occasionally I'll like snack, but I try not to snack, but I will if I'm working from home you know like and there's dark chocolate around know, so
1: hard not yeah to.
0: I'll be hitting the dark chocolate for sure maybe some beef jerky I'm a big fan of like
2: yes. low sugar
0: beef jerkies
2: which one low, sh- um, low sugar ones low sodium ones is there do you know of any because I've good. never seen one yet
0: yeah no low sodium they're like some biltongs are pretty good I also there's a product that I really love um, and no affiliation with the company but uh, they're called beef thins but I think it's like new Primal. Mm. They're like maybe one of the best beef turkeys I've ever had. Really? They're like crispy beef turkey thins, beef thins.
2: Where do you, where, where do you buy them at Aero One?
0: They don't sell in Erewhon. Yeah, they sell at Whole Foods. At
2: Whole Foods? Okay, I like yeah. that. I'm gonna try those ones. Very
0: overpriced. Shocking. Shockingly, sh- it's like no, I know exactly because I buy them all the time. It's How like much five dollars for an ounce of this stuff, which is insane. That's
2: so expensive. So
0: expensive. Yeah, so expensive. I go. I actually. Here, most of the time, I don't even buy them on, on at Whole Foods. I buy them on Amazon because you can find discounts.
2: Yeah, what's it called? I'm gonna I'm gonna write beef, th- 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 yeah, check beef, out.
0: beef thins. Yeah, beef just beef thins. Beef thins. Yeah. Okay,
2: I'm gonna totally check that out. They're, okay,
0: they're addicting. Yeah, they're tasty. I mean, I always I always eat like two bags.
2: That's God. I know. How do you only eat like one ounce of that? That's like nothing.
0: It's like nothing. Yeah. It's yeah. One ounce per bag. So I eat, I'll usually eat like two bags. So okay. it's two ounces. I'm gonna, 20, 26 grams of protein. And
2: you said, you said, what well, beef, is it called beef thins?
0: Yeah, that's what they're called. All right. They're
2: I'm going to do it. I'm going to look at it. Okay, so where was I now? I was talking about your workout
0: Routine. Oh, yeah. What's your workout protein? routine? What do you do? Um, I'm definitely, a, like, w- like I love lifting weights. Um, but I have, like, low back issues, so it prevents me from doing, you know, a, like, some days I go in and I have a great workout. I'm feeling very limber and mobile.
2: Where do you work out? Equinox? Yeah. Yeah. Which one? We're-
0: West Hollywood. Yeah, West, yeah. Hollywood. West Hollywood. I don't yeah. see you there. That's... I don't go go to
2: that one. That's fine. Uh, I go to the other Equinox. Which one? Um, I go to West LA or I work out at my house Um, or I go to Westwood. Got it. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, I go there. I'm in the process of moving and my plan is to get um, like some workout equipment for my house. Yeah.
2: It's so much easier. I feel like when I go to the gym, it takes up so much time to get there. You start socializing, even though you don't mean to, it takes like a huge chunk of time. Versus, yeah. I love know. it though
0: because it gets me out of the house I feel social um, you know there's like other things there sometimes I have gray workouts sometimes I have really crappy workouts but at the end of the day like just you know something's better than nothing yeah
2: absolutely true yeah. exactly okay so then what are other some of the other habits and rituals you do
0: other habits rituals I do well I'm a big fan of saunas um, I'm you know, like whenever I get the opportunity to use a sauna, I'm in it. Yeah, um, like an
2: infrared sauna or
0: just... I'm actually not as big of a fan of infrared saunas. I know infrared saunas are all the rage, yeah. but... Uh, There's so many all the rages all the time. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of infrared saunas. So the International Sauna Association actually doesn't even consider an infrared sauna an actual sauna. They're like, really? stop using the word sauna. <laughs> um, Cause it's, yeah, it's not, it doesn't it's mean... It's not the, a sauna. It's not, yeah, yeah, sauna is a Finnish thing. It's a yeah. Finnish phenomena, right? Yeah. It's a Finnish word. And so the infrared sauna, it's just not, it's a new technology. I mean, they get you to sweat. They're good for you in that sense. Um, but uh, but you know, they take too long. I just don't have the patience. I don't like sitting in a freaking sauna for yes. 45 minutes. If you go into a regular Russian or Finnish hot sauna, you can only be in it for 20 minutes and you're gushing sweat. Beyond. Beyond, Yeah, and yeah, you're in and out. And so that's like, that's what I love.
2: Okay, like that. Okay, yeah. where do you go for that?
0: Really, there's no good places in LA to do that. So I'm in the process of, uh, of actually getting a sauna for my house, which I hope I hope I can make happen. But I'm oh not,
2: wow, that's amazing! Yeah, how about a dry? Like a, a real one, like a dry sauna. Yeah, yeah, those are great.
0: Yeah, they're great. Yeah. So like a barrel sauna. That's what I want. That's what I'm trying to get for the roof of my new place. I'm moving to Santa Monica, so you moving, are. Yeah, so I have a roof.
2: I, I I'm surprised that you don't even live there already. I I picture you as a Santa Monica Venice. Seriously? Yeah. Interesting.
0: I find, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. Cause I know a lot of guys that are like the Venice type and uh, I don't feel like I you don't necessarily think you fit, that fit the mold. No. Really,
2: why do you think that?
0: They're just all, they seem to be all like a little too in touch with their like feminine. Side? Something, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm a New Yorker. I like West Hollywood. I'd like to bring a little bit of that kind of like masculinity maybe to like that side. Well, really, it needs my, you there, it needs my, you there. My, my experience in Venice is that, Okay, so you go to Erewhon, all the guys are wearing these like Native American appropriated, like freaking shawls, <laughs> true. right? They're all, they've all done like one too many plant medicine journeys, right? <laughs> I was gonna
2: ask you about that, yeah. Yeah, and,
0: yeah. Uh, and I just feel like it's a little disconnected. Like it's like, it's kind of like, it's a uniform that um, just reminds me of like a hipster uniform of like Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Or yeah, I of, like, totally It's just agree. another freaking uniform. And I'm like.
2: Well, you know why I think that, okay, first of all, two things, number one, then even more reason why that side of town needs you because of that feeling. I totally, I totally know what you mean. Am I right or am I wrong? You're totally right. Okay. okay, totally right. But you kind of have that vibe a little bit and then on top of that, because of your like, you know, um, interest in like healthy living and healthy lifestyle and da 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 da. Like, I feel like people migrate over there when it's that yeah. way. And it's it just for no particular reason, it just is, you know? And so that's why I thought that you, I would take you for someone who lives there, but maybe not so like, depends like where in Santa Monica, like how deep in Santa Monica you're going. Are you going to the Venice area? Are you staying more like?
0: Here's the thing. I've lived in LA for on and off for like 15 years. I've never wanted to move to the West side for that reason. It's just, it hasn't, you know, I like, I come from a cosmopolitan place. West Hollywood to me feels Mm -hmm. like it's at the hub of the pop culture, whatever. The reason why I'm moving there now is because I just feel like I welcome the change and I want to like grow and see what it has to offer. And I found a really nice place. It's going to give me space and I feel like it's going to be, it's going to inspire me to, to be even more creative and, and you know, and, uh, and I dig that. But um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I might, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I, I love West Hollywood. I love the kind of like hustle Hustle bustle, yeah. Yeah, I, know, you know, I totally the hustle agree. Hustle bustle of West Hollywood. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Well, who knows?
2: Well, you'll you'll let me know. When do you move there, by the way?
0: Technically next week, but I'm gonna be out of town, so the week after. But I have the place, like to take over the lease next week.
2: Oh, you can. Okay. Yeah. So, what are you working besides your book? That, of course, just come just came out. What else do you What else are you doing? Like, what else do you spend your time with? Besides, of course, exercise and doing some saunas and yeah and some other types of, what else do you do? You do,
0: I do. you do I cold mean,
2: water immersions. Cold I see water yeah. immersions. We talk yeah. about that a lot.
0: I like to work on my podcast. I like to play music. I like to like practice my guitar playing and my singing, which I love to do. Um, Who's I, your favorite
2: guest on your podcast so far?
0: That's a really good question. Um, I've had a few really good guests. I love doing my podcast, which I never thought that I would
2: like as much.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I love it. I really do love it. It's super, it's super fun. When I first started, I didn't think that I would be any good as a podcast host. And, um, and now I just, yeah. Who have I loved? Man, I had uh, Dr. Mark Hyman on it recently, who was great.
2: Oh, he's coming on my podcast. Oh, too. cool. Yeah. yeah I love him. He's also so knowledgeable.
0: He's so knowledgeable. Yeah. He's good. I had uh, so with my podcast, you know, it's not just, I don't like to like just stay in the lane of health, yeah. you know, and if people are only following me because they have certain expectations then you know they're gonna be disappointed because like i like to have on people who who interest me and they could be in the health and wellness vertical they could be foodies they could be my favorite musicians they could be whoever i mean i always try to bring the the conversation back to some way that you know something actionable that um listeners can use to improve their lives in some way but um some of my favorite episodes i had a guy on who's a He's just a a world-renowned expert in extra virgin olive oil. So we just go deep on that, which is an amazing thing to get to talk about for an hour, you know? What did
2: he say? Anything that, like, what was the main, the the, the crux of the...
0: Well, all the little nuances, you know? Like, all the little nuances, color has no bearing on the quality of the oil, no. How Uh, about
2: cold press versus...
0: uh, I think probably cold press is good. I don't remember the specifics, but yeah, I mean cold press is I'll good. To that, so. You don't want you don't want it hot pressed. But really, the most important thing is that the bottle has a harvest date, and that extra virgin olive oil, mm-hmm. unlike wine, so wine has appreciative potential, mm-hmm. right? Wine can age and it can get better with time. Extra virgin olive oil only gets worse, so it's a fresh fruit mm-hmm. juice.
2: Interesting. Olive is
0: a fruit. And you want to make sure that the harvest date was relatively recent. You want it to be as fresh as possible.
2: I didn't know that. Thank you.
0: You want your olive oil fresh and that you shouldn't buy the cheapest olive oil you could find. You should buy something that's going to be, you know, a uh, what, you know, the mo- spend what you're comfortable spending on it. But don't buy the cheapest one Buy like either the middle of the shelf or top shelf. Um, also single cultivar, like, you know, you don't generally, you don't want to blend although sometimes I buy blends, but, um, and you also want to buy the smallest bottle that you can find that you're going to use quickly. Mm-hmm. So if you're using a ton of olive oil all the time, then you can buy a bigger bottle. Right. But like I said, it only is going to get worse over time and being open, you know, the oxygen is going to catalyze right. how that, so you want to just like buy it and use it quickly Buy. Fresh, use it quickly. Buy fresh, use it quickly.
2: Yeah, that's good to know. That's a good tip. Yeah. Okay. Tell me some other people you've had that are like really, really great ones.
0: Well, I've done a lot of ta- I've done a lot of episodes on women's health, which I think is really cool. Just the, the mysteries and the wonders of the female body. I think just
2: because you're curious yourself. Yeah. I'm yeah. curious,
0: and I don't know. Like I think it's yeah, it's super interesting. Um, we've talked all about birth control. We've talked about menstrual cycles, um, things <laughs> like that. I think it's super fun. Yeah. Uh, good. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. Um, what else?
2: Name someone that came on that was like your, like Mark Hyman, great. That's in the health, in health, the guy that did the olive oil, name someone outside your, 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 your lane that you had on that you really
0: loved. Outside my lane. Let me see if I can come up, if I can think of somebody where, um, yeah, man, hard to say, you know, I don't know. Well, uh, my friend Paul Saladino, I've had on my show twice. He's a carnivore physician. He only eats meat.
2: You mean only as in terms of he's, that's the only thing he actually eats or he's just someone who's not a vegetarian? No, or no, no, he <laughs>
0: only eats beef. No plants, no plant matter. He won't even put pepper on his steak.
2: So he only eats meat day, like all day?
0: All day, that's all he eats. Literally all he eats, doesn't drink, doesn't drink coffee because coffee comes from a plant. He's a carnivore, he's not an omnivore. He yeah. only eats meat. This is a growing trend. And he's a medical doctor. He's a very, very smart guy. I learn something new from him all the time. But I just don't agree with him in the fact, you know, in in this yeah. uh, What does he say? What does he he say? Well, um, you know, his he's way more nuanced than I'll you know be able to do justice. But um, basically, that plants have these these toxic compounds that they create to ward off predators, and for a significant portion of the population, these compounds actually can. Be problematic if you suffer from autoimmune, you know, an autoimmune condition or an inflammatory condition, that they can actually uh, make those, they can exacerbate those conditions.
2: And he's a doctor.
0: He's a medical doctor.
2: And does he have like, or all his blood? It's everything intact in with him. He
0: looks great. He's really he's ripped, and yeah, he's great. I mean, he's a he's a walking testament. But who knows? I mean, he's been on this diet for two, three years. Who knows if he sticks with it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a hard, it's a very hard diet to adhere to. Who knows what you know? Ten years is going to bring if right. he keeps on the diet. You know, you never know.
2: And so you're not you're like an omnivore, I would imagine. I'm right? an omnivore.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think it's good to eat plants. I think it's good to eat animals. I think it's good to eat, you know, both of those things. I do agree with him that, uh, you know, if you had to compare a one hundred percent carnivore based diet to a one hundred percent one hundred percent animal based diet to a one hundred percent plant based diet, I think that the uh, animal based diet. Is, probably has an upper hand mm-hmm. you know I think animal foods are just great I think that they're super nutritious uh, but I also think like berries and dark leafy greens and you know things like that uh, cruciferous vegetables all are super healthy as well so
2: what do you think of like the whole thing about like the impossible burgers and all as a healthy as a healthy trend to me, that's not that's not healthy. Total
0: crap, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's We're,
2: all sodium and, and filled with, it's fillers. Filler, yeah,
0: ultra-processed garbage, right. basically, yeah. And I
2: people would. are saying to eat that versus having like definitely a piece of not, protein, definitely right? Definitely
0: not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I actually, and you'll talk about this with Mark Hyman because that's the focus of his new book, is that these, you know, the, to produce a Beyond Burger or yeah. an Impossible Burger, I mean, it's adding, you know, the, all, the, the, the confluence of all the different production processes and the packaging and whatever to create one of those burgers it's throwing a lot of carbon into the atmosphere, Absolutely. whereas a grass-fed burger actually is carbon negative. You know, I mean, there's obviously the shipping that has to come into play, but um, all the water that it takes to grow a grass-fed grass-fed cow is what's called green water. Right. So oh. it's from literally rain. It's not irrigation. You know, you need a lot of irrigation yeah. to feed the to to grow the grains and all the crap that they feed Absolutely. to these industrially. You know factory farmed cows but this whole but the statement that like eating meat is implicitly bad for the environment is just total bs propaganda i mean and I you hear it all the time in hollywood
2: I have, a game, <laughs> have you seen game changers yeah it's okay just crap it's a, whole bi- it's a total yeah. bias yeah. movie that they, for every one athlete they're like oh this this athlete's vegan and they're the strongest person in the world whatever. Yeah. i can name a hundred thousand people who are not it's the same you know who eat meat yeah, it was totally, and I, I would imagine, given that how you how you feel,
0: yeah, me and Mind Pump Sal, we did a whole, we did a great episode debating uh, tearing down game changers, and um, and yeah, it's a it's a it's a problem, man, because like now diets are becoming politicized. Mm-hmm. That's something that Sal could speak very very eloquently to. But um, but yeah, I mean, you see it all the time in Hollywood with like the people who are like you know environmentalists, and they're like super, uh, I don't know, they're they they politicize like meat eating and they you know they take these uber simplified uh, world views like meat is is all bad, you know eat less meat. I know um, I agree and it's just uh it really doesn't make any sense when you look at the science and when you when you consider the complexity of the food right. system, like the food system is just so complicated and you know we even me like i'm an, I'm a freaking you know armchair expert, I don't know. You know, half of what you know what it entails to grow food and produce food mm-hmm. and ship food and to store food today. I mean, I know more than I think your average person, but um, but it's just you know it's infinitely more complex uh, than you know than Karen you know on Facebook <laughs> has any concept of when she like gets into the comments section and is like you know want to save the environment, eat less meat. Uh, of
2: course, and I, I agree. And that's Karen I- doesn't
0: know shit. No. Like, yeah. And there's a
2: lot of Karens out there, unfortunately. A Karens, yeah. There's a ton of Karens. Well, um, is there anything else that we should talk about? I feel like I've kept you on this treadmill for a very long time, over an hour.
0: It's good, I like it. I'm I getting, mean, my, getting my, getting my your, meat in for the day.
2: Exactly, that's right. Are you yeah. gonna go do weights after this? Or this is basically No, I think I'm good. Have.
0: I think uh, I'm gonna need another shower. <laughs> well,
2: actually, you're um, not even sweating. But that's okay. You actually don't even look like you're like, even, you no, this even like good. break a sweat.
0: No, I really enjoy this because I, you know, I think one of the problems with LA is that you don't, you're not always as active as you need to be. And, you is know, that I think the a, irony of it though. It's the irony, yeah. It's the irony. You're just always in your car. But I mean, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to about the West Side because in you, you West walk. Hollywood, where I live, walking around, you feel like people are looking at you. Like, really? Yeah, because it's like, you know, it's not really. It's kind of seedy, you know, like. It depends on where you
2: are, but I totally agree. I find it so ironic, right? Because people think LA, California is such a healthy place. And yet I've never been so sedentary as I am when I'm here. When I'm in New York, I walk everywhere. Like I'm constantly on the go and moving. And that's why actually I live right where I live because it's off of main vessel so i can walk places i can get places i can like walk to a bank i can walk to restaurants i can walk to the mall versus being in a very like enclosed area where you can never get anywhere it was like very because la is is terrible like that yeah so i agree the genius life heal the mind strengthen your body and become extraordinary max this is great um thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me this has been very fun and um I can't wait to, you know, have you on again, if you ever come on again for your third
0: book. Yeah, well, thank or, you. Hopefully there's a third book. I hope,
2: it, well, of course there'll be a third book. Hope come so. on. Hope so. Come on, why would there not be? With that kind of, with, with that wealth of knowledge. Oh
0: man, there's two kinds.
2: So where do people find you if they don't know already?
0: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Max Lugavere, L-U-G-A-V-E-R-E. My podcast is called The Genius Life, so come over, hit subscribe, and uh, pick up my new book, The Genius Life. It's good. Barnes & Noble, Amazon. You can go to GeniusLifeBook.com. It's available everywhere.
2: Well, thank you so much. And oh, quickly, press that white button. How many calories did you burn?
0: Oh, damn. 205.
2: Okay. Well, 205 you didn't do before. So that's good.
0: I love that. Yeah. Thanks for letting me burn those calories.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. Bye.
0: Ciao.
1: Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing the something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries, tune in. You can get to know Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses, we ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle Podcast, powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network.